But it's now time for the Rural News with Monique Steele. Tinakwe Monique. A new project is set to breed sheep of the future. What's this all about? Yes, the new seven-year programme called Sheep of the Future aims to breed sheep with finer wool, a greater tolerance for hot weather, lower methane emissions and top-quality meat traits. It's a collaboration between state-owned farming company Pamu, its subsidiary Focus Genetics, also Ag Research and the Ministry for Primary Industries. MPI is contributing nearly $4.2 million towards the $10.5 million project. Pamu Chief Executive Mark Leslie says the groundbreaking programme aims to transform sheep production. We do see a really clear role for sheep into the future of New Zealand. Um, We farm just under 300,000 ewes that we farm every year, so it's critical for our part of the business. But the environment that we, I think, will continue to operate in, and from a New Zealand Inc. perspective, we're still going to have our high country farms. We're still going to have to have that requirement for those sheep. There will still be sheep farmed in some of the sort of mid-class lands and parts of the sort of central North Island, up east coast and the like. So how do we make sure we bring the sheep through that meet those needs and uh, I think there's a really clear role that links to Palmer in terms of what we're trying to drive and we know we've got some improvement areas about our farming excellence but equally um, given our role we think we can also play a critical role to actually support the industry and some of those challenges that have been faced and whether it's the lower methane emissions or whether providing sheep that meet the different um, climate needs in the park I think that's a critical role we can play in terms of supporting that broader industry. Mark Leslie says farmers are coming under increasing pressure to reduce emissions and are facing hotter, drier summers, so investing in this project makes sense. The largest Māori-owned seafood company, Moana New Zealand, has been given the green light by the Commerce Commission to take on Sanford's North Island inshore fishing business. Both companies have annual fishing quotas, and Sanford will now lease its North Island inshore quota to Moana under a long-term arrangement of at least 10 years. Moana will now control a large share of the inshore quota for certain species. Chief Executive Steve Tarrant says the new deal, which was two years in the making, will see up to 50 Sanford staff join the business and its annual catch entitlement, or ACE, increase by 80%. Moana currently has access to approximately 10,000 tonne of ACE. The Sanford's deal increases that volume by another 8,000. So that's the scale which we're talking about. And that, and that scale equation is incredibly important in, in today's environment given the cost to serve that's been escalating costs across our supply chain, um, which unfortunately, you know, in, in, in some ways is a good thing we can't pass on to our, our customers. So what it means is that we become more efficient and, more, and the ability to invest in innovation to help us, you know, to try and lower that cost to serve, which will obviously mean long-term security for our whole supply chain. Mr Terence says the business is well-placed to increase its volumes of blue and wild abalone, finfish, lobster and oyster products. That's the beauty of the arrangement really is that it's basically the same species that we catch and, and process and market now. It allows the certainty of supply into the markets, into the customers that, that, that we currently operate with and, and Sanford's customers. Because of the volume, you know, there, there will be a reliance on, on a wider customer pool for Moana, and so we're looking forward to, to, to those relationships. Steve Terence says up to 40% of the company's catch is exported to Australia, the United States and China. 
Fruit and vegetable prices drove the latest monthly rise in the cost of food. New Stats NZ figures show the overall food price index rose 0.5% from July to August, with fruit and vegetables up 3.3%. But on an annual basis, food prices are up 8.9%, driven mostly by the price of grocery food, while fruit and vegetable prices are 5.4% higher than August last year. A delegation of more than 20 New Zealand agri-tech leaders is heading to the UK and Ireland to discuss solutions for reducing agricultural emissions. The two-week market immersion tour will see New Zealand firms meet with their counterparts to take on global environmental challenges facing agriculture. They'll also attend the World Agritech Innovation Summit in London. Organised by Agritech New Zealand, representatives from research institutes like the University of Otago, Callaghan Innovation and Ag Research will join, alongside businesses like Agrisea, which produces animal feed from seaweed, and animal genetics cooperative Livestock Improvement Corporation. Topics set to be discussed are how to accelerate investment, research and development to come up with solutions to tackle agricultural emissions. Sheep and solar panels could be good paddock mates, according to new research carried out by agribusiness consultants Tambo NZ. A government-backed pilot project in Canterbury showed improved environmental and animal welfare outcomes and boosted profitability. Research lead Anna Vaughan says agrivoltaics, the use of land for both food and energy production, is a win-win because renewable energy can be generated without displacing food production. She says the panels provide shade and shelter for sheep and reduce evaporation, which is especially good in summer dry areas. But Ms Vaughan says the setup costs are a barrier and many farmers may need to form a partnership or leasehold arrangement with a solar business. We modelled what it might look like for a farmer to take on all of that cost uh, so for the example of the sheep and beef farm, we had a 5.8 hectare paddock uh, and it was a $5.6 million project development cost total. So it's a chunky investment. And so that's why we then looked at an alternative might be where farmers work with solar developers and it might be a lease arrangement or a co-ownership arrangement because it is a substantial um, upfront cost. Talking to the solar developers, it seems that each scenario could be different and so we are keen to sort of inform farmers on how to engage with solar developers to have uh, confidence having those conversations so that everyone gets the outcome they need. Anna Vaughan says other downsides to solar panels include uncertainty around farm resale value and life cycle impacts of solar panels. And that's the rural news for today. Koyara te porongo o te taifenua.